All right, here with the tax commissioner for the state of North Dakota, Ryan Rauschenberger, and uh, you were you were hosting one of the sessions yesterday, and this was this was all about uh, well, the tax gaining funding, royalties, and whatnot. That actually looked like a very very popular session yesterday, with almost standing room only back there. Yeah, it was a, um, a very popular session, and um, you know royalties are uh, a big part of um, our tax base in North Dakota. But it's um, I think one of the reasons why it was so popular is there's a lot of new services that are out there being offered for royalty mineral management. Um, First International Bank had had two different people presenting yesterday, and uh, um, great presentations. Uh, they have they bought Mineral Tracker which is um, a new uh, proprietary system. Um, and uh, we've actually worked with uh, First International Bank and, and Joel Brown, who runs Mineral Tracker, um, on, on legislation, helping with analysis, um, future production, um, drilling out, uh, for example, um, on uh, uh, tribal and federal lands, doing some analysis there. So. Um, a lot of interest, great information um, from from all the presenters yesterday, and um, um, and really, when when you look at the state of North Dakota, we have um, as much um, uh, standing with oil as pretty much any state. I mean, when you think about how much oil activity there is in North Dakota and how much of the, our, our tax base um, comes from oil, over half of um, all of our taxes um, come from the oil 10% production and extraction tax. That is, um, you know, per capita, that is a huge amount. You know, we're talking billions of dollars in a state that's only has 760,000 people. So when you think about it per capita, um, you know, compared to Texas, you know, they're their economy is about 30 times the size of, of, of North Dakota's, but we're, you know, we produce um, over a million barrels per day, um, number two in the nation as far as production, and um, uh, and has and really oil is a significant portion of not just you know the the oil tax that's paid, but also our sales tax base, our income tax base is very heavily reliant on on oil, but also farm commodities. So we're very much a commodity driven state. I cannot imagine how difficult your job must be, especially in this very volatile climate in, in a state. I mean, as you were saying that gains so much financial help just from having such a great industry set up up here already. And then all of the changes that are being made, how has that impacted the, the, the money that's being put it back into the state from the energy industry right so the energy industry um you know spends spends a lot of money um in north dakota and one of the difficult things that um we have um you know we contract with moody's analytics that does uh, forecasting analysis for for many states and we're one of them and they say that we're one of the most difficult states to forecast because we're so heavily reliant on oil and in our sales tax income tax base and oil tax base and you know we have to budget on a two-year cycle, not a one-year cycle. Mm-hmm. So when we when we start looking at forecasting oil, you know we have to look out two and a half years, if, if not more, and oh have goodness. to have to, and we have to, you know, try write a budget based on those estimates, which could be completely 
um, off. So we have to be, we, we try to be conservative with our forecasts because anything could happen. You know, the oil price could, could fall out, uh, production could decline. But right now, um, you know, talking with the industry, um, we have, we make sure that they're at the table when we're forecasting. You know, they really expect things to be kind of on cruise control for a while. You know, um, steady production, um, the price hopefully staying around that $60 NYMEX mark would, would basically mean that we, we meet forecast. But that does generate, um, you know, th- between 3 and $4 billion for mm. for. Um, for a relatively low population state, that's huge. Um, a lot of that gets saved, um, but um, into constitutional um, trust funds. But um, all in all, when you look at how big the oil industry is in North Dakota, um, I estimate about even a, a third of our sales tax base comes from the industry inputs that go into well exploration. Um, so uh, the industry is extremely important not just um, uh, from the tax revenue that it generates um, from the production tax, but our income and sales tax base and the, the income tax that's paid from royalties. Um, we, it's, it's really intertwined throughout our, our entire tax collection mm. system. So that sounds like a, like a pretty important part of the inner workings of, for the state of North Dakota as a whole. When you're looking at the budgeting, and as you just said, you know, you have to look two and a half years down the line, and especially with as volatile as the industry is, as we just mentioned, and all these different changes going on, how, how has it impacted uh, what the state's doing with, um, for example, the executive order that put the moratorium on leasing from federal lands for drilling, or the potential of, for example, the carbon tax that could happen? What, what do you think that will do to North Dakota? Yeah, I, you know, the, the federal... Um, the federal ban on on drilling um, on federal um, property, you know, will have an impact here. But we're most, um, I don't remember the percentage off the top of my head, but the vast majority of of the acreage um, in the Bakken really, really is private. Hmm. Um, It does have an impact um, because there are federal lands in in North Dakota, but um, most of the lands in North Dakota compared to other states. Like um, Wyoming. <laughs> right, yeah. like Wyoming, where there's a lot of federal um, land, you know, Alaska. Um, we, we're fortunate in the sense that uh, most of our production and, and future exploration will be um, on private land. So, but that's not to say that there, there are leases out there and um, there are prospects um, to drill into federal land and, and frankly, some of the best um, geology that we have is is under some federal land in federal acreage. So um, there there is an impact, but we're fortunate enough that um, we have other options, and, and mainly because most of the acreage is private. But um, we are keeping a very close eye on the federal government because we what's the next step? Um, is it a carbon tax? Is it um, is it going to be um, a more expanded um, EPA ruling, whatever that, um, it could be a number of different things. Or it the could, 30 or, by or, 30 or, program. Right, right, right. So, you know, when we look at um, the federal government right now, you know, whether it's executive orders or potential legislation, uh, the Democrats um, control both, both houses and the presidency, uh, we're we're very cautious. We're um, and one of 
because of the risk of um, federal intervention in the oil industry, we we really are saving um, a tremendous amount of, of oil money. Um, we have what's called the Legacy Fund in North Dakota, where 30% of all the oil tax goes into that, that fund, and that has $8.5 billion in it right now. So financially, the state is is doing very well. Um, but we're, we're extra cautious right now because of the potential for the federal government to um, expand its uh, um, its rulings or um, or legislation that would hurt the industry. Do you think that Do you think that part of the reason that there seems to be such different um, ideas on where this technology is? You, do you think that it could be largely in part uh, due to a lack of knowledge about where the technology is here? Does that make any sense? Because it's yeah, like they're. I, I, I think part of it, um, you know, when we talk about fracking and the technology and and the safety of it, I, I think when you when you try to talk general policy, um, you know, fracking here is very different than fracking for gas in the Northeast, for example. That you know the depth and how it's done. Um, you know, here it's it's two miles it's two miles below the surface. Um, it's it's not a um, a safety issue for for water um, resources, where um, I think that there, there's a lack of understanding of how good the technology really is, and it is uh, especially now, um, you know, with multi-stage fracking, all of that, um, you know, we there's a lot less impact, you know, multi and and, and drilling many many wells um, on one pad. Um, all of those things have helped drive the Bakken and, and, um, and make it as successful as it has been. But I think that there is a lack of, of, of understanding um, nationally about how, how things are really done out here, how safe it really is, and um, with our drilling practices. Well, and I know that uh, I, I was listening to Senator Jessica Bell uh, talk yesterday about having statewide ESG uh, for for the energy industry. And so that's probably something that I'll be more asking her about later. But I was wondering what, what capacity. So what is it exactly that your job requires you to have oversight in uh, for the oil and gas industry? You don't only get to crunch numbers, right? You get to do other stuff, too, right? Right. So, um, you know, we... We have a, a number of different uh, incentives that we work um, that um, that we've implemented over the years and work with the industry. So our office doesn't just collect the dollars. You know, we we lo- I look at it as uh, really a partnership. What's good for the industry is good for the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know, one of the reasons um, why I continue to come to things like the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference is that you know we. I look at this as really a partnership. Um, if if the oil companies are, are making money, the state's doing well in making money and funding education and critical services and throughout the whole state, not just the western part, but but all but um, whether it's education funding, K through twelve or universities, um, human services, that all um, all is in part um, reliant on, on oil, and and I think that. Um, one of the things I do when I go out, out and about around the state is I, I always talk about oil because it is such a huge part of, of our tax base that 
you know, when you go to the eastern part of the state where there is no oil exploration, I I take it upon myself to try educate and inform um, different groups about you know how much um, how much oil activity in the west helps fund things mm. not just in the west but also in the east you talk about um, flood protection mm. in the red river valley things like that um, um, it's not always understood how those things are all getting paid for you know um, new buildings on on campuses uh, at, at ndsu and und are two research uh, institutions in the east a lot of that has been paid for directly with oil money um, so you know you look at infrastructure across the state um, uh, different, uh, you name it, um, oil oil really touches um, all corners of North Dakota. Yeah, that's well, that's that's pretty much what it sounds like. Is that it's oil and gas is kind of into absolutely every industry. So I can only imagine, right. like I said before, how difficult your job must be to have to budget two and a half years down the line when there's <laughs> so much going. Even in the last six months, it's changed so drastically right. in ways that could never have been. Uh, had the force no no one could have had the foresight to see some of these right. things right when we when when oil prices dropped in 2020 as they did you know we were very fortunate that we had um we had strong collections at coming up to that point where we didn't have to cut our budgets or anything um because we had forecasted fairly conservatively and the governor and the legislature put a pretty conservative budget together. So when, when oil prices fell out in 2020, we were, we were fortunate that we had savings accounts um, if, um, that we could dip into. And we actually didn't even need to go that far. Um, That's but but it, is, it, is, it is difficult because if oil prices dropped in half um, and production decreased and exploration, um, for the most part, um, came to a halt, you know, we would we we would have to start dipping into the savings accounts. Um, you know, because we again we have a two-year budget cycle here, not one, not one year like most states. So, uh, but we're lucky that we have um, 750 million in a budget stabilization fund that will help keep uh, budgets um, help keep budgets whole if there is a shortfall in revenue. And the legislature could always come back and <clears throat> tap different sources. We have. We're fortunate that we do have billions of dollars in other savings accounts too. Well, that's 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 smart financial planning. So, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of that planning probably came from your office. Yes. Well, a, a lot of the financial planning, um, you know, we play a role in that. Uh, but really, the the legislature has put in place um, uh, all of these different savings accounts. And for, and frankly, uh, the people did. Uh, the uh, the legacy fund was uh, put in place by a vote of the people. And you know that's a that's a long-term savings account that's there, uh, but I do sit on the board uh, that uh, invests those dollars in the legacy funds um, to generate the best earnings that we possibly can. When we're talking, you know, eight and a half billion dollars in principal, you know, we're we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in earnings that we can um, generate from that savings account uh, and use for different projects. Big dollar amounts. Lots of good Very things big. could possibly be funded from that. Right. So then what, what, what is your next focus? Where, where do you think, um, after the conference, the next item on the agenda, where do you think that you're going to be taking things? Well, um, relating to oil, um, you know, we, we passed um, legislation for flare mitigation. Um, that's a continuing issue. Um, and um, that's something we're actually having conversations here today uh, about 
about who can who can be helped by that. Um, it's a it's an oil tax incentive to help um, either stranded wells or wells that are um, have been taken offline um, from um, the natural gas collecting collecting systems, and it provides an incentive to utilize that either to generate electricity, um, run it through centrifuge to, to extract the um, liquids um, uh, on site. So finding different ways to um, help the uh, flaring issue uh, that we you know do have and are, are working to um, solve. And I think that um, that's just one example of something that we're working with the industry on, you know, now that the session's over, you know, new laws have passed. Um, and we also um, um, had another bill relating to um, tribal wells, wells that straddle um, the boundaries of the reservation. Um, we'll be implementing that and sharing some of that revenue with, with the tribe, which we didn't before. We have a we have a, a, a very successful agreement for all the wells within the boundaries, but these were wells that are off but do do um, touch parts of the reservation. And we came to a new agreement um, with the tribe and passed that legislation, and we'll be implementing that as well and be sending the, the tribe um, a, additional um, oil tax revenue. So even though the session's over, there's always more work to be done and um, continuing to, to work with the industry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the work is never done. No rest for the wicked, isn't that what they say? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, the, the relations with tribal affairs in the different uh, areas around North Dakota, that must be getting better since all of the protests here, what, two, three years ago? You're right. Um, you know, the DAPA protests in 2016, um, um, leading up to uh, uh, early 2017, um, you know, seems like it was just yesterday, but you know, it was five years ago. And, oh my gosh, I was off then. <laughs> uh, yeah, five. It's been five years since the DAPA protests, but right mm. now, um, we, um, the state, uh, along with MHA Nation, are, um, you know, awaiting a decision on the DAPA pipeline. You know, we're um, hoping that while the environmental impact study um, is being completed by the federal, um, by the federal government, that that the the pipeline will be allowed to continue to move oil because su such a huge percentage of our oil flows down that line right now that if that ha has to be shut down, that will have a huge impact um, on the basically the price of oil in North Dakota, now, on which our our, our um, oil tax is based. So if if all of a sudden um, we can't safely and, and, and cheaply send crude down the DAP pipeline and it will have to be either you know moved by rail which um, has its own limits and that's more expensive and will um, will have a, a negative effect on, on Bakken production more than likely so so we're, we're watching the dapple proceedings very closely but um, you know we are um, with um, you know we have five different tribes um, in North Dakota and um, right now, MHA Nation is supporting um, the state and the industry's position that the oil pipeline keep uh, keep flowing while oh, wow. the imp environmental impact study is is done. So, MHA Nation um, and uh, is on the opposite side of, of the issue than Standing Rock, which um, of course uh, wants to see uh, the oil flow shut down while the environmental impact study is, is occurring. 
um, MHA Nation is heavily reliant on uh, is heavily reliant on um, on that pipeline. Sixty percent of of all of the oil that comes off the reservation goes down that pipeline. So um, so we are um, lock and step with 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 MHA Nation um, in support of the DAPL pipeline. Well, that that's some pretty good news because yeah. I don't think that that really gets put out there terribly much either. No, um, it's been it's been covered here quite a bit, but um, nationally, uh, yeah, yeah, but nationally, um, I think Keystone XL took a lot of the air out of the room uh, when yeah. when that uh, when that decision came down. That I think Dapple has been. Um, a little bit under the radar nationally, mm-hmm. um, but um, so it really hasn't got picked up, <clears throat> you know, by 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 mainstream media, national media that much. But it's a serious uh, issue uh, for North Dakota. Well, I would I would expect it to be a pretty serious issue for the rest of the nation as well, just because of the importance that North Dakota plays within our energy industry. Right. I mean, the ability for us to be able to get. You know, are crude safely and 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 inexpensively and expensively to mark to market um, is is very important. You know, we take for granted, and I think, you know, not just here in North Dakota but nationally, you know, what how important it is to um, be energy independent and sustainable. And we, uh, um, you know, we can now export crude. Um, um, our, our oil makes it down to the Gulf Coast and can either be refined there or um, it can be shipped off in tankers, um, which is also um, why why DAPL is so, um, Dakota Access Pipeline is, is so important that um, it gets um, it gets our crude to the market and gets to the refineries and um, really helps um, keep the United States safe because we don't, we aren't Dependent on foreign oil anymore, and I think that also gets lost. I think we're um, we're so used to um, just pulling up to the pulling up to the pump and kind of taking for granted that um, you know a lot of the times that that oil would have to come from overseas and be mm-hmm. refined into petroleum here. Now, um, now we can now we're energy independent and can actually export our crude. And I think I think that makes um, the United States safer. I, I think there are a lot of people who would probably agree with you on that. Well, is there anything else that you think that the, that the public should, you know, would want to know, something pertinent to, to add? Um, I, I, I think that the more we can do in educating, um, you know, the nation as far as what role we play, play here in North Dakota, everybody thinks about, you know, Texas and oil, um, you know, we're we're right up there. I mean, when you think about how big North Dakota is in the oil, you know, um, in the oil industry worldwide, you know, we produce more than uh, a number of OPEC countries. Um, so um, we're, you know, if you even look at um, reports from OPEC, they will specifically mention, you know, North Dakota um, in in their reports, and and that's that mean we're on the world stage. Yeah. And and I think that's really important to note that you know we're we're a significant force when it comes to um, energy, not just in the United States but around the world. Oh, absolutely! And see, and that that's just talking about the production aspect. That's right. not even including all the technological advances right. that have specifically come out of North Dakota right. to help exactly. the energy industry worldwide. So right. that's hopefully we'll get to see more coverage of that then. I hope I hope so too. 
I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.